Empowered Health, a podcast shedding light on how healing is an inside job. Keys to your inner power and total transformation. Discussing wholeness, wellness, and the effects of the mind on the physical and energetic parts of our being. A podcast to support you, moving from fear and pain into wellness and purpose. Belief, hope, connection, energetic keystones for transformation and inner power. Sacred knowledge that inspires us to look within, to find our own unique path. Empowered health, release and rewire to become what you truly are, strong, whole, and empowered. Welcome to the Empowered Health, Empowered Mind podcast, the keys to heart-aligned living with Dr. Jane, ND. Today we have Wanda Blake from Eugene, Oregon. Her childhood was unique in that her parents taught her about inner knowingness as coming from, a, from being a part of source and universal oneness. Wanda has journeyed with ease and grace and gives the world her gifts of love, prayer, writing, and the healing arts. Wenda also carries a great love for Mother Earth, which she's going to share with us today, and has a new program, Listen to the Whispering Winds Inside. Welcome, Wenda. Hi, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, you are the perfect guest to have today. I just watched Thrive 2. And what an incredible documentary. It is talking about the science of the unified field and how sacred geometry connects us to each other, you know, what's everything on this planet, but also within the universe, universe within the universe. And, you know, it talks about how some of the greatest ideas or inspirations come from being connected to this unified field. And that comes from a place of stillness. And that's something that you grew up knowing. You were actually taught that at such a young age. I think that's just incredible. Most of us have to go find it, you know? And Mm -hmm. yeah, so can you just describe that early childhood and, you know, what you were taught? And then we'll just go from there. Sounds good. My early childhood, you know, when you, stated this way that I was taught about oneness, I was more, I guess, my own inner knowingness as I was born. And I, you know, I can't really tell you how old I was that I felt that, but it was more a reinforcement from my parents. Uh, My parents were a part of the Um, teachings of the Ascended Masters. And of course, at the core of that teaching is that we are all connected as one. And there is no separate God, old man, being in the sky somewhere, that God is within us. We are a part of God. We are part of this interconnected oneness, and it's um, beyond comprehension of feeling is that our universe, our cosmos, what is it? It's, It's everything. But I would just call it reinforcement from my parents in that they studied the Ascended Master teachings from the old I Am movement. And it was based around the Mount Shasta area. One thing I will share with you, 
Um, it is a story from my childhood, and I can remember myself as a wee little girl, probably three years, three years old, four years old, five years old, something like that. And several years in a row, my parents would take us to Mount Shasta, where the IM organization would put on an outdoor pageant at the base of the mountain. And it was the story of the life of Jesus, but it was told from the Ascended Master teachings um, perspective. And it was so beautiful. And, and the, the most memorable part of that outdoor pageant with the, the mountain behind the grounds below were all the angels, I mean, people had these beautiful angel costumes on and they were purples and pinks and yellows and whites and I, and the wings on these costumes were huge and as a little child of course i didn't think of it as actors acting out a play this was my real world these were angels that came down in front of me and i saw jesus and i saw mother mary and i saw joseph you know as they went through the story and i would just say this whole experience shaped my childhood and just ingrained and in already knowing this about who I am and what I will grow into and align with, it was spectacular. And of course, the, the pageant ended with the Hallelujah Chorus and Jesus ascending. And it was magnificent. And that was... That was my knowingness of the story of Jesus was um, his resurrection was his ascension back to the heart of oneness. Mm. Yeah, and what what how what was their perspective of what Jesus taught? Love. <laughs> Love really um living from the heart and um it really focused on that, not the sadness, not the, the crucifixion. It really didn't focus on the crucifixion at all. It focused on the ascension, which was, you know, we are all beings of light and the angels are, are all with us and supporting this and we are all together as one raising our vibration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and we've, you know, if you do meditate, you do have those moments when you feel you are all part, you know, as you're part of the whole. It's all one, which is an amazing feeling. You know, when I was really little, I remember sitting in church, I must have been three or four as well, and they were talking about Jesus as God, and I was I remember thinking, that's strange. That's a little mixed up because I think we have God within all of us. And mm. I, it's just something that I've carried with me all my life as, you know, as a feeling inside that that is the truth of it. But it's so hard coming to this planet. There's so many <laughs> messages coming from everywhere. <laughs> it is, but if you really go within and... As a child or a teenager, I never really talked to myself or thought about, you know, meditation or going within. I just felt the warmth, the love inside of me and always gravitated towards either other beings, other people that I could, now I call it, resonate with but they tended to be the caring, loving people that I could talk to and share with. And that is, to me, from a very early time in my life where 
that connection is coming back to oneness. Mm -hmm. And just trusting that those you resonate with are those that you will get the right information from. Yes. And you brought up trust. And that's interesting because I have, I have always been a very, I call it optimistic person. Uh, some people might say that I'm naive or, or, you know, and I use the term innocence because I approach life and I approach people that I, I know that I'm drawn to in a very trusting way. And I, it's just how I move in life. I, I am in my heart and I flow with where my life takes me. And if something is jagged or doesn't feel right, I move on. I don't judge it. I don't, you know, uh, try to force anything. I go where life flows, you know, where I can be in the flow, I guess. And again, to me, it's connecting with that field of oneness. Mm hmm and it's it's not talked about enough. It's almost uh, taboo to talk about it. And it, to me, it should be something that should be taught in school, how to connect to that and be your unique, you know. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess one of the things that I would add is that I think with church, they teach you just simplistically that God is outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. He is some, he is some person or being or, or, or entity that you pray to and ask for forgiveness or you ask for help or, or whatever, where I grew up understanding that godliness and being a creator is deep within my heart. Mm -hmm. And I believe that everyone has that within them. And if I had to say, you know, what is Wenda about? I would just love for the world of humans, people, to understand that and to feel it and to go within and connect and and you're connecting to that oneness but how beautiful it is and how you know all the tools that you have within your heart are what allows you to manifest within your life exactly what you want to do yeah and yeah, so to be able to listen to that. Yes. I, mean, I, I remember being quite young and just wanting to connect to that as, see, I saw it as an adventure to be able to connect to that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, I, I would try very young. But, you know, at, still with even having this knowing, we, I went through some traumatic times as a child, and I'm sure you did too, absolutely i did yes so human right like mine was feeling like an outcast and i know yours was not good enough can you describe that because it's part of being human yes yes and even though i you know talk about these concepts and in my the wisdom i've gained through all the trials and tribulations through my life, I've been able to arrive at where I'm at today. So I speak from where I'm at today, but oh gosh, um, growing up, even though my parents were what I would call enlightened people, they still had their challenges and they struggled with parenting. And, you know, I was the recipient of of their parenting where they were challenged. And I grew up a second child of just two children. And my 
my feeling or my sense going through my early childhood experiences was that I was always second in line or, or, you know, I was never quite as good as my, my older sibling. And it was all fabricated within myself because there was no big events that happened that, you know, demonstrated my sibling was any better than me. But for some reason, as a second child, I grew up feeling that way. And it really shaped where I traversed from, you know, in school. I was always very shy, sat back, didn't talk to t- people much um, because I didn't feel my worthiness, I guess. And the older I got, it really was hard to come out of my shell. And I, one of the significant times in my life was in my early uh, 20s, I joined an organization that some people would call a cult, I guess. But it still was all about the Ascended Master teachings but I kind of just put my heart and soul into what I was doing. And I was literally working 12 hours a day and I was working nights and trying to sleep during the day. And I got very, very sick. I got pneumonia and I had to isolate and I wasn't getting any better. I lost a bunch of weight and was really struggling to breathe and was not taken to a hospital. I was being cared for um, on the property of this organization. And I remember sitting up in bed in the big church building And I looked out and everybody else was walking up on Easter morning to, you know, like a a festival or celebration. And I felt so, oh, poor me. And, you know, I'm not worthy. And it was a point where if I didn't love myself, if I didn't turn around, and choose to truly love myself, I was gonna let go and die. Now that was, even though I grew up knowing the love that I contained within myself and the love I had to offer the world, and truly I was challenged to value myself. So yes, Jane, I. that was a trial or tribulation that I had to go through to kind of find myself Mm -hmm. to begin the process of loving myself. And it took many more years after that till I really attained where I'm at today, where I really truly love myself. Yeah. And I think that that's like the dark night of the soul, isn't it? That probably everyone has to go through to come out the other side and it, it can it's it can be traumatic hard um but wow yeah so what so you did come out the other side i did i did i um valued myself enough and I got better and I literally drove off that property and said see you later don't need you anymore this is not an ex I'm done with this experience I I learned my lesson and I'm moving on so what was that lesson were you giving a bit too much of yourself to something else absolutely I, I was um To me, the lesson was about loving myself, Mm -hmm. who I am, and the value that I bring to this world. You know, I think it's a a concept of self-love that almost everybody has, you know, is confronted, whether they, they can 
achieve that love of self or they, you know, whatever time in their life they face that and they, I bless people to overcome and to find the love of self. Yeah. You know, I, you're bringing back a memory of mine. I was in university at the time and, you know, you're curious about people that can see into the future and this kind of thing. And I remember going to someone who claimed to be able to do that quite well. But while I was there, he started to say things that made me feel less than like less than and started to create the seed of me needing him. And I was actually, I, I'm kind of proud of myself because I stood up in the middle of it and said, I didn't like what he was doing that. I know that I have this power within myself and I didn't need that. Thank you very much. And I remember marching out. <laughs> You're bringing back that memory, but the, the, the moral of the story is to not give away your power to someone else, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you said something as you were describing that story that I kind of keyed off of. Um, It's always kind of fun for me to, or has been in the past to go talk to somebody and let they, them, you know, tell me about myself, but no one, no one can tell you about yourself, but you and it's going within and i call it as you said listening to the whispering winds within that you can explore anything you can go into your past lives you can dream about your future or you know your imagination starting with going inside your heart and then closing your eyes and experiencing your world your inner truths your passions are what takes you into love of self love of others what your path is, you know, what brings you joy and excitement. So I too have gone to psychics and, you know, explored that. And I always come back to myself and say, I'm the one who understands who I truly am. Mm -hmm. That I'm the master of this ship, you know? Yes. And, the and to realize that the dark night of the soul which can come through great grief or great illness is can be a gift you know it's being much much brighter and greater and a and a love of self yes so wenda you've developed this program which is, you know, passion in the heart and this listening inside, give us some of the keys, you know, to someone that, you know, wants to, I know I've been in, at times I've been completely lost as to what I should do next. And it, and the, the guide and the knowledge of what to do has always come from sitting in, you know, paying attention to the inside and listening. But you also talk about, uh, dreaming your future as well so just talk to us about a few of those things well i truly believe that our passions are what drive us to create the world that we want to experience and passion in the heart to me is all about following your path, discovering, creating, and following your path. And it takes, I don't know if you want to call it time meditating 
or quiet time, but I think about how busy our world is today and each one of us have certainly are either experiencing right now or have come through the time of our life where, you know, you perhaps you get married or you go into a relationship. Perhaps there's children that you have and you raise and and in this world today people are working, you know, they, they leave their home, they leave their children, they go out, they do something for some company or somebody and, and they wait for their paycheck to come so that they can then buy their groceries. You know, it's just this vicious cycle of being outside of yourself. And you can literally get up every morning, prepare yourself, do all this, come home, feed the children, go to bed at night and sleep. And then tomorrow you start doing this all over again. And, and it's my belief that we need to pause somewhere, sometime every day and sit in a quiet place and breathe. Breathe in who we are. Think about and feel what we feel inside. And maybe for some people that's a scary thing, but for me, and I would hope for people to learn to go inside and feel comfortable, to feel the love in their heart, to just, just pause and, and observe their thoughts and their feelings and where do they feel comfortable? Where do they feel uncomfortable? And experience, well, I would say quiet down to then experience who they truly are inside. And I call it inner truths. What are the, your guiding principles inside? What do you find when you look inside and say, who is Wenda? Who is Jane? What do you love to do? What, what brings you joy? If you could do tomorrow anything that you wanted to do, what would that be? Probably wouldn't be going to work and doing your regular career job or whatever it may be. For me, right now in this moment, if I could do anything I wanted to do tomorrow, I would love to go to a barn and saddle up a beautiful black horse and go riding for the next six hours. I love horses and I love to ride horses and I bring that up Jane because I know that's something we share together but that is an example of just me going in for a moment and saying what would I love to do and when you can do that as a person pause take the time sit down get comfortable Close your eyes. Think about what you love to do. This is where you can uncover your passions. If you haven't already, a lot of people have passions. There are people out there that love to draw. They love to, um, oh gosh, so many things. Uh, they love to paint. They love to write. They love to do all kinds of things. And I bless all those people who take time to actually put into practice what they feel in their heart and what their passion is, because that, <clears throat> that is the creative part of who we are. That is the God essence within us, is going into our heart, feeling that radiating warmth, that that energy, that excitement of what our passion is. Perhaps uh, my husband, for example, his passion is scuba diving. 
he ever gets the opportunity to go scuba diving and to get under the water and observe the beauty of the plants and the fish and you know take pictures and videos of them and that's his passion so that's what i'm talking about and i also had alluded to you know dreams and i'm not necessarily talking about dreams that you fall asleep and you have weird dreams or you have beautiful dreams. I'm talking about, again, sitting down in a quiet, comfortable place, closing your eyes and imagining whatever you want to imagine. That's what I'm talking about. You know, how creative your dreams can be because you can dream about maybe, you know, Building an earth home and living underground, and you have a a beautiful pool of of water inside your earth home. That when you feel like cooling off, the water is cool when you step into it. Or if you feel like being warm, you you just think about that pool of water in your earth home being warm and you step into it and it's warm. It's like, you know, this, there's no limit to your imagination. But then you enjoy that imaginary world so much and you find your passion and you bring that out and that's when you can manifest and create those things that bring you joy and and excitement that that is finding the inner truths the world that you love and you can bring out and then you share that with others you connect with people again bringing it back to oneness mm-hmm. so you you go within love yourself find your passion live your joy And you're automatically, through magnetism and energy around you, you attract those that you resonate with. Yeah. And they call it being in the flow, too, don't they? Like, yes. No resistance when you're paying attention to these things. Yes. And that's something that I I share with people as, as I. I want them to listen to that inner voice and, as you say, get in the flow and just flow with what comes next and just understand that the universe or your oneness will move you as long as you're in that, that, you know, you within your heart and you're doing what you love to do. Um, I talk about it in terms of being in the flow versus contraction. Like if you feel like, Oh, I'm just not comfortable being around that person or I'm not comfortable doing this job or I'm not comfortable with, you know, this particular church I go to every week. I I feel it in my chest, literally. I feel contraction in my chest, and I move away from that, and I I find what brings me joy in life. Yeah, and it just feels good. You know, when, um, when I was young, I used to dream of having horses, and I couldn't choose between a red horse and a blonde horse. And I had horses all over my room and read books about them and dreamed of having them, but it didn't come into my reality until 30 years later. And I still look at my horses and and one of them is red and one is blonde. And then I have five more that are my girls. (laughs) And I look at them in awe. And the other thing I dreamt about as a child is having a poodle. And I have two poodles. <laughs> well, see, and so you experienced it. You grew up dreaming about something and you truly brought it into reality. Yeah. 
And another practice I had when I was in my 20s was to do a dream card, which is similar to what you're talking about. But you're, you, you know, where you put everything that you wish for the future and you imagine it happening with all your heart and then you let it go. And sometimes I find those dream cards 10 years later and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's all happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, and people, some people do vision boards. Yeah. You know, maybe it's it's just a different way to describe the same thing, but I have always felt like those were very valuable tools. And um, I just remember, you know, as, well, and with the horse love that we, you know, we resonate with, I guess, Jane, is that um, as a child, I loved horses. I think my mom said that was the first word that I ever said. It wasn't mom or dad, it was horse. And um, I loved them so much and happened to live around horses, but never had one. And an opportunity came to me as uh, probably a middle school child, um, uh, a lady across the street had a horse and I just hung out over there and she, we connected and I said, well, I would love to ride your horse sometime, you know, when, or exercise your horse if you are on vacation or something. And, and she disappeared. Oh my gosh. Like she said, yes, that was fine and showed me everything. And then she disappeared. And there was no grain or no hay for this horse. And I started to save my lunch money from school. And I paid my next door neighbor to get me a bale of hay or a sack of grain for the horse. And I started taking care of that horse. And oh my gosh, it was my first major love in life was taking care of and riding that horse. His name was Red, and he was a red horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and horses have such um, amazing lessons to teach us. Yes, they do. They do. Later in life, I had the honor of owning a couple of different horses, but then I had children, and they took priority in my life. But I now have passed that passion on to my youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. So she, she's, uh, she's definitely following my heart in terms of passion about horses. Yes. So we're talking about dreaming things into the future, taking action on them. Yes. We've talked about the dark night of the soul, which can lead to something greater and more connected. And then what is left? What else is important to share, Wenda? I would just say that, I guess I'll share a, a vision of mine around what happens in the world when more and more people start living their passion following their path, listening to the whispering winds within, and really f being in the flow in their life of, of always being in their place of joy and excitement and creation and bringing forth their passions is that and I would say it comes from the universal oneness, which is when everyone does that, we come together. And it is about that spiral and that circle of oneness. It's the flow of Wenda. Wenda loves to garden. I love to grow vegetables. I love to cook. I love to, to offer food to people that they enjoy and 
nourishes their body. Now, somebody else, I'll say a neighbor of mine, is a master builder. He's a, a general contractor. He knows everything about and he loves to build build a house and do the electrical and do you know the plumbing he just he knows that he loves it he he offers that and i do have a neighbor right next door to me um he's in his 70s but he just if anybody's outside working on their house he wants to be right there you can tell it's a passion of his and then I have another neighbor that has a passion for computer work and, you know, he knows programming and he knows how to set up networks and all of this. Now you take, you know, person after person after person that loves and actually creates in the world of passion, you'll find that it all connects together and we have this beautiful village or community of people and it creates this self-sustaining life we don't need money i don't need to be paid some piece of cloth or paper with a number on it for cooking and growing food my next door neighbor doesn't need that because I feed him and he, you know, connects all of us on the internet. And then this other guy, you know, we all kind of work together and build the house. And, you know, it's just, you get a community of people. I live in a, in a, a housing, um, Let's see, there's probably 200 homes, maybe 150 homes in this community where I live. And no, we're not organized. We all still go outside of our homes and make money and come back and do it. But if you imagine a world full of villages or communities where people naturally are drawn to work together, we can become a world of self-sustaining communities, I guess. And everyone gets to be and do their passion. Which would naturally contribute to the whole. Yes, yes. And it often does. Like we're all so unique that our unique con contribution can't be like someone else's. So it, it is valued. Mm -hmm. This would be beautiful, Linda. Yes. <laughs> you know, when I, when I watched Thrive 2, they talked about free energy and how it's been hidden from us. And there's been great inspirations on how to you know, harness the field and the energy that surrounds us and how that's been covered up. But everything that you're talking about would lead to a really different world than what we're living in today. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I talk about it in terms of creating heaven on earth. And I have created my own, uh, uh, I call it bubble of heaven. Um, where I live is, yeah, it's a small piece. It's like a quarter of an acre. But it's something that my husband and I have created together over about 25 years. And we have, you know, beautiful trees and a garden and, and flower garden. And I just, I love it. I feel so protected here. I feel the love that's given back to me from nature. Mm -hmm. You know, I care for it and it gives me beauty and food back and it just feels like a bubble of heaven. Yeah, and the more you get connected to this, the more you realize that you don't need that much. You know, we're programmed to think we need all these things. When yeah. what you're talking about in truth is all we need. It is. It's, it's as simple as 
to me, going inside your heart and feeling what brings the glow of, you know, and it, it, it to me, it's a life that's much more simple and it's interconnected with other loving hearts that you can share that dream with and that you build off of each other. And honestly, it brings us right back to your opening about oneness and interconnectedness. And I would just add, I guess, simplicity of living from your heart and following your path. Yeah. And I really think that the connection to the heart is the way out of what we're experiencing now on this planet. And we all need to just connect to our heart and know from that place of knowing. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely. To, to the unified field and most things that you need to know come to you. Yes. Yes. You just need to, to pause and listen and let it come to you. And it sounds so simple and people may say, oh, well, that's easy. Yes, it's very, very easy. It just takes focus and belief that that's where the best place you could be, I guess. Yeah. You know, in this world today, there's so much chaos and duality and and you know if you if your focus is out there it's quite challenging when you turn it within it can be as calm and beautiful as you create it to be exactly and in it is in this place of quiet and connection that you can get great inspiration like yes. they, they were talking about this connection to the unified field. Um, it's happened to me a couple times in my life, but it is incredible. Like, you know, in your heart, 100%, this is what you should do next. And it feels so right that there is no doubt. And it's, it's an incredible feeling. Yes. And, and quite to the opposite of that, if you are considering something and again, you feel contraction in your chest or you, it, it feels uncomfortable or it, it's not smooth. Yeah. Then it's probably not the right decision to make. And in fact, I, I think everybody has, you know, paused at the moment of making a decision and said, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. And something happens. And you're like, dang, I heard that voice, but I didn't listen to it. I right. did it anyway. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so we've learned to listen. And yes, I yes. If we all turn the TV off, and just treated each other in this way, we could, we could expand and change this planet for the better. Yes, I agree 100%. Yes, and most people are loving and really want to see this planet thrive. And each other. Yes. Wenda, I would encourage my own, you know, I have teenagers now, and they often say to me, I don't know what I want to do in life, and, you know... I would encourage anyone to come to you and, you know, get some guidance on how to do this. And I might have my own girls come to you because they don't listen to them. Sweet. <laughs> I, I have two girls myself and absolutely <laughs> they don't listen to mom, they, but they'll <laughs> listen to somebody else. <laughs> and it's such a valuable tool. We found, I found it when I was 12, but because I went, there wasn't the technology now that they get caught in, you know, Kids mm -hmm. just, they're a little bit more outside themselves than they should be. So how do people find you, Wenda? Well, I'll just give you my direct uh, email, but I have also just uh, created a, a website or a blog 
um, where I'm sharing some of these concepts and I've actually uh, put a couple of little exercises, suggested exercises to help people get started with some of the things I've talked about today. Um, my email is rainbowstouch at comcast.net and the website is rainbowstouch.wixsite.com forward slash wins. Now, um, <laughs> I'm it's kind of a complicated little URL, Jane. I know you will put it out there so people can go back to it as they uh, re-listen or listen to this, but um, I'm not in, into Git. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. Okay. It's so easy to find. I'm just not um, interested in going out and finding a, a, a URL that's <laughs> all prim and proper, but this is this is going to work for me for right now, and I invite anybody and everybody to to uh, visit and and read some of the posts I've created. And there's also a, a contact form where they can reach out to me as well on the on the website. Perfect. That's wonderful. And I just I just want to say that I. I absolutely love to spend time listening to people sharing their thoughts and you know uh, their their life experiences and I really I, I really just hope that I can then inspire others to find their joy, their excitement, and help them discover what's within them, that inner voice, and, and get them on the path of finding their own passion and positivity and truly living from their heart. That, that's my goal. Yes, and you know, when when you share that with someone who truly wants to listen and often it's in times of despair and when you don't know where you're going, but through sharing comes clarity. So I would encourage anyone out there that feels they would love to talk to Wenda, just go do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wenda. Thank you, Jane. It was wonderful uh, talking with you today and, and sharing. And for everyone out there, thank you for listening to the Empowered Health Podcast. And remember, don't give away your power to anyone else.